Good morning. This is Ed of Ed's Bookshelf. We are continuing with our short story, No Sad Song in My House. This is part six. He sat on the commode quietly. He heard the water hitting her body as she moved at times in the tub. For a long time, neither of them spoke. Slowly, her hand parted the curtain. Her fingers were searching for him. He saw her fingers reach out. Slowly, he reached his hands towards hers and gripped her hand tightly and squeezed. The tears in his eyes he thought were from the steaming hot bathroom. But he knew the real reason they fell. Later, looking in the mirror over the bathroom sink, he saw her outline in the tub, the haze on the glass teasing him. His heart raced, his stomach hard and tight. He felt the tension in his neck and throat. May? May? He said anxiously, Robert Jr., please don't hate me. Please. Her voice was clear and yet strained. I'm sorry, Robert Jr. I don't know how it happened. He couldn't answer her. How are you feeling, May? He finally asked. Better. Much better, but... Did you hear, Robert Jr.? Did you hear me? I'm sorry. She wanted his acceptance. His hands began to shake, she noticed. Robert Jr., what's, what's wrong? Why are your hands shaking? He stood. He knew he had to leave. I'll fix you some coffee, mate. He tried to explain to her, but couldn't. We'll talk after you get out of the tub. As he moved toward the door, his eyes discovered that the haze that attempted him had won. Robert Jr., before you leave, hand me my, my lotion in the cupboard behind the mirror. She asked him quietly. As he opened the mirror door, the reflection of the room in the mirror passed his view until it fell behind the curtain. May was sitting in the tub, knees drawn up to her chest with her chin on them. He stared and the lotion fell into the sink. She looked up suddenly. Their eyes met. As her eyes remained fused for what seemed like hours, she said softly, There is something you want to say to me, don't you, Robert Jr.? His lips quivered as he sought to reply, but didn't. He left the room. 
As he closed the bathroom door softly, she whispered to him, I love you too. He never heard her. As she slept soundly, he watched her breathe quietly in and out. She had drunk several cups of coffee, eaten a small sandwich, and then went to sleep, exhausted. As he sat in the oversized chair, he thought about what pain she must have felt as she was coming off that dope. He hated Slick, but what could he do? May would be going back again. He knew guys up the street to whom Slick was so dope. They talked about the incessant need to return again and again to fill the void created by something missing in their lives. He thought about his mother, Carol. How was she doing? Now he thought of me and this problem of hers. He was afraid of Slick. He had seen the violent side of him and heard horror stories of what he had done to others. Fear was something Slick did not have. How could he stop me? What could he tell her? What could he say? What if another evening came and he found her this same way again? What if she died the next time? The sick stomach started again, this time from anger and helplessness. He fell asleep worrying and afraid. The next morning, May was gone. Robert Jr. had gotten up and called her name, but heard no response. Quickly, he hurried to her room. Usually, he knocked and waited for an answer. This time, he didn't. Entering the room, he saw the empty bed made up nicely. He turned, and she was standing behind him with several bags in her hands. Where have you been? he asked anxiously. I went to the store, thought we needed some food in this place, she answered happily. She had had spark again, the look of being alive and well. He took the bags and carried them to the kitchen. You cooking? he asked. Yes, she replied. He sat at the kitchen table and watched her go through the motions of preparing their meal. Neither said a word. On the radio, Johnny Hartman's silky voice was singing. My ship set sail on the ocean's wave. Few people could sing like Johnny Hartman, Robert Jr. thought to himself. He and May sat and ate. The meal was finished quickly and quietly. May could do wonders in the kitchen, he thought. As they sat there in silence, the voice of Al Hibbler came majestically from the radio. You'll never walk alone. You'll never walk alone, he sang. Robert Jr., 
may whisper to him. Yes, he answered, dumping sugar into his favorite coffee cup that she had given him. I know you're worried about me, but I'm through with it, she said. He started to respond, but she stopped him. No, let me finish. I hate what you saw last night. I'm not going to go through that again. I can stop. It's easy. You'll see. May. Breathing is easy. Eating is easy. Heroin or dope isn't easy, he told her with some anger in his raised voice. She slammed her spoon down on the table. Listen, I know what I can do. It's not that I can't control myself. Last night was, well, a bad night. But I just slipped, that's all. She rushed her words in torrents to explain her ability to survive her own failures. Looking worn, Robert Jr. said, Okay, May, okay, just... If you need help, let me know. He pleaded with her, knowing there was really nothing he could do except love her as he did now. She took his hands. I love you, boy. You're my big brother, my guardian. You know that, she smiled. Let's go see Mama today. She'll be home soon, remember? He whispered to her. Yeah, let's go see Mama, she replied back to him happily. They finished their meal. Then they talked and laughed while Ben Webster played Stardust on the radio. Several months had passed. May was working regularly. So was Robert Jr. Days melted into weeks, weeks into days. The cycle continued. It was Friday evening. Robert Jr. had come home from his job. He opened the door, called out to his sister. May, he said, May. Once a shiver went through him, but just as quickly he calmed himself. I have to stop this, he said. He went to the kitchen and opened the cabinet door above the sink to get his cup for his regular coffee fix. There are times when certain feelings come that you can't ignore. They come upon you in frightening speed. This was one of those times for Robert Jr. You try to fight them, but their presence is too much to discount. The feeling pulled at him. Putting down the cup, he slowly headed toward May's bedroom. He stopped, fearful of what might exist, and fighting the raw, gnawing feelings in his stomach which had quickly fled up to his throat. He paused with his hands on the doorknob. Old fears haunted him. He started to turn back, but the pain became too intense in his gut. As he opened the door slowly, he wished that her voice would cry out to him 
or that she would come in the house and holler out his name as he did hers, and all this would stop. She lay on the bed, sprawled out. Her head lay to one side with her hair covering her left eye. He saw the syringe on the floor where it had fallen from her right hand. End of part six.